There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to Security Instagram, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest today has had a very varied career, starting as a trained journalist before becoming a manager of a pensions committee. She went on to season six of Love Island. Well, this was the winter series when she coupled up with Callum Jones until Casa Amor. We're still not over it yet. Since coming out of Love Island, just before the pandemic started, she's grown her career as an influencer, and she's now ready to influence you with her own lifestyle brand, ready for the summer diet, Be You with Shauna. It's time to say congrats, Hun, and welcome to Security and Secure, Shauna Phillips. Hello, Shauna. I am loving that intro. I need that to like follow me around wherever I go. It's easily arranged. It's easily arranged. <laughs> We're going to talk about Be You with Shauna shortly. So let's start with your upbringing, Shauna. What was life like? Do you know what? Looking back now, I'm so grateful for the school that I went to and kind of the, I don't want to say morals, but the structure it gave me and, and how to to kind of be, a, be an adult, really. Um, because I remember I went to a... Uh, Catholic secondary school and then I went to a academy sixth form and honestly the difference I was like ringing my mum from like under the table like mum come and get me there are animals in here there wasn't that sense of they're, they're in charge they're the ones authority there wasn't a sense of authority and although when I was going there I was dead sure they were trying to ruin my life because I weren't allowed to wear makeup and I wasn't allowed to have nail varnish on and how bad my life was because of that now looking back i completely get why because it just wasn't important to my education like why did i need to sit there with a face full of makeup on i didn't and i still have that instilled in me today like it doesn't matter what you look like as long as what you're bringing to table bringing to the table is worth it um so i'm so grateful for for my secondary school i actually found them on twitter the other day and i was like please take me back what to to give a talk or to go back and relive those school years again through tinted uh, glasses Oh, well, probably a bit of both, but I would actually love to go back and, and have a chat and not necessarily about, oh my God, if you do this, that and the other, you can find your way on Love Island. <laughs> like, that's not what I would be going back to do. Um, but just kind of letting the girls know, do you know what, you think 
life is so hard in school and don't get me wrong everyone's lives are completely different but cherish these these years while you can because you go to school for six hours a day and, and you think that is a hard day and it really isn't so just cherish it and don't think that the teachers are out to get you <laughs> well it's interesting that you say that because i've always seen you as very resilient and very strong-headed and very mature and when i saw you on love island obviously and obviously you're a little bit older than some of the other contestants of your series you were very much a leader, not the leader of the pack because it didn't work like that, but leader in your own self. You knew who you were and not, I'm not saying that you were molded by reality TV and that's what happens when you go on a show, but you just were very headstrong and that must have come from those instillments from that school. Yeah, I think a lot of people say uh, they see me as a bit of an old soul and just, I suppose, the way I carry myself, but I think it's just life, life situations that you find yourself in. My, my dad had cancer when I was... I think I was 19 when he was diagnosed and that completely changed my life overnight like the day before he become ill I had one life and I was going in one direction and then the day that he did become ill it just it completely changed and I had to grow up very very quickly and I had life experiences and I was feeling emotions that some of my friends parents hadn't even felt so I definitely grew up and matured overnight and I also realised that you know what the things that you think are important in life and the things that you think are worries are really really not and obviously unfortunately it it meant that I had to go through my dad being ill and, and then losing him but it also gave me such strong morals it gave me I, I know who I am I know things that I've gone through that I've come out the other side so it takes a lot to knock me but that doesn't mean that I don't get knocked just with life but it does kind of bring me back down to reality and think Do you know what life ain't that bad life can be worse and also you compartmentalize of what's important and what's not important especially when you're 19 and, and all your girls are going let's go clubbing let's pull a boy and you're like I just want to spend time with my dad or actually that isn't relevant to me because I know what is important and that's at 19 years old when you're all still finding out who you are Completely. And I, like some of my friends, I remember my circle of friends shrunk overnight because I was in group chats with girls that were like, oh my God, he's not texting me back again. And meanwhile, I'm finding out that my dad's cancer isn't curable and we're just trying to work out what concoction can keep him alive for as long as possible. They can't be compared. But that doesn't mean to say that I wished my friends knew what I was going through because I don't wish anyone knew what that that felt like but I was jealous I was jealous that I was in this situation where my life isn't normal anymore I'm not alone like there are so many of us out there that have had to go through this I do just try as best as I can to kind of try and turn it into a positive so when I was in Love Island and the whole Catarimore thing and oh my god it was so embarrassing but life ain't over like this is so small in comparison so it definitely helped me go through situations. Did you know who's talked to at that time, though? Because when you're 19 years old and you're talking to a friend and they don't really understand it, and like you said, some of your parents' friends didn't have those life experiences either. Who are you turning to? Who are you having those conversations with that you couldn't have with your dad because it wasn't appropriate for you to do that? No one. I've kind of definitely just internalised and I, I got myself through that. And that was hard, don't get me wrong, but now I use it when anyone else if I hear anyone going through the similar situations, I try my best to help them as much as possible because although it was hard, it made me realise that I can depend on myself more than I can depend on anyone. And was that okay for you? Do you, in hindsight now, 
is that okay to internalize those thoughts and speak to yourself through it rather than going to get help? Because obviously we always talk about therapy and we'll come to therapy in a bit because obviously you've had to do it for the TV shows you've done. But is it go to therapy, contact a, a great charity like Grief Encounters or is it, right, mind map yourself, where are you in this? Do you know what I think? With therapy, I've had, like you said, I've had therapy for the TV show and it definitely helps having those conversations. But in regards to my dad, I didn't find myself looking for therapy for the simple fact that I knew that when I left that room, my situation hadn't changed. And mm. I was still going home to what felt like a medical wing because of everything that was going on. It didn't feel necessary for me to go through that, but I can completely understand why some people would opt for that route. And thank God, when my dad was getting gradually more ill, um, I became friends with a girl who was in a similar situation. Her mum passed away six months before my dad did. And at that point, I, I can't even imagine going through that without her. And we're still really, really close to this day. And then even after my dad died, having her to talk to was just, I can't emphasise enough how important that was to me. And I actually don't know how I would have got through that without her. Because... You are unique in being young and losing a parent. That's not something that a lot of my friends have ever been through. So to have someone where I didn't even need to explain to what the problem was, they just knew and was able to just give me some comfort, that was, I, I can't emphasize enough how important that is. Like you said, finding that positivity in that darkness, when it comes to a show like Love Island, I suppose, because you've gone through such bad things, if it's a thing of cast or more or some little bit of meddling here and there, in the grand scheme of things, you know what is really important and you've gone through those hardships. So that, yeah, it might be hard in the moment, but you can kind of take the bigger view of going, well, look, that might be hard now, but I know there's a it's a TV programme or I know I'm going to come off this show in three weeks' time anyway. Exactly. And I, I am pretty good at thinking, do you know what, this is what's happened. And truth be told, everything is so much worse in your head than it actually is in real life. It's hard to see that when you're in that kind of moment, but if you can somehow snap yourself out and think, you know what, this has happened, this is okay, no one's died, we're all gonna get through this, you can kind of get yourself out of it. And I've, I have become a bit professional in that, just when I'm going through something, I am the only one that can kind of bring myself out of that. Everyone else kind of annoys me a little bit. <laughs> oh, but so when you, I mean, like looking like now at Callum and Molly, for example, because they're still together, are you able to compartmentalise that and go, well, look, everything kind of happens for a reason and I'm over it. I, it's the past. And I'm not saying, I'm not bringing it up in the showbiz world of being a showbiz journalist. I'm, I'm just asking for you. Are you able to move on from that and distance yourself going, well, look, that was on the TV show. That's what happened there. That was a storyline or whatever. But look, they're happy. I can get on with my life because I know I've been through hard things and I know that that's just a moment. Oh, completely. And do you know what? Even with Molly and Callum, within a few hours of being around them, it was so obvious that they were so much more compatible. So when you see that, when you start thinking, Joe, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. When I saw that, it, it was fine. It was absolutely fine for me because how silly would I be to think, oh my God, I'm so hurt when in actual fact, he wasn't the person for me. You kind of cut your nose off to spite your face. So like I said, knowing that everything that's meant to be for me will always be for me. It takes that kind of pressure that you, you put on yourself. I weren't busy worrying about what was wrong with me for him to not want to be with me. I was focusing more on, wow, they are so compatible. They are so suited with each other. And when you do that, I always try to put a positive on things, even with my dad not being here anymore. Obviously, I wish he was every single day, but I had the most amazing dad 
for 22 years and there's people out there that just don't know what that's like so I can sit there and cry in bed and be like oh woe me life is so unfair but actually I'm, I'm so lucky to have what I did have and it's hard I'm like, some days you just want to be miserable but to try and just find that sense of happiness in whatever situation you're in it works wonders and also the fact that in that 22 years he taught you everything you need to know to be the Shauna Phillips that we see today some people it might be they're in their 40s when they get to see their parent actually give them that light and show them that rope. You've got it at 22 years old, that amazing responsibility, that amazing lessons that it's given you. Yeah, completely. And even I can't relate when I remember there was this whole thing with Meghan Markle and her dad. And I was like, oh, I just want her to, to make up with him. And I said, I think I said that on Twitter. And so many people said, no, like parents can be really toxic for you. And I, I just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm so lucky to not know what that feels like. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for that. So you you can be miserable and you can be sad and it's easier to be sad, but you really do need to try because I, my dad died so young. He, what you would give for more time, why waste the time that you've got with just being sad? I completely agree with you. I completely agree. And obviously you've been through therapy because when you did Love Island afterwards, they've got a duty of care and they give you a couple of sessions for therapy afterwards. But then you also did Steps Go Virtual Dating, which gave you amazing experiences with Paul and Anna, who have been on the podcast before, to talk about their experiences and that therapy. So what have you taken away from both those experiences in terms of the therapy side? So I had a good few therapy sessions before Love Island and the counsellor that they gave me, she was amazing and it was it was so, so good. And she really did kind of prepare me for what was to come. And then also while I was in the villa, I also had therapy sometimes twice a week, definitely once a week. We have a designated day when you're in the villa to speak to the therapist. And I made sure that before I even went into the villa that I signed something that said, I want to have these sessions every single week, regardless of what I say when I'm in there. If I say, no, I'm fine, make me go and see her because you just can't, you can't put a price on having that moment. When I come out of the villa, I actually didn't take up the, the offer of it. For the simple fact that we was in lockdown at that point, I couldn't see my therapist's face to face, it was only on Zoom, and we weren't really allowed to leave the house. I didn't really feel like I had much to discuss. But then when I did Celebs Go Dating, and Paul and Anna, oh my God, I wouldn't even say they're therapists, they're like psychics, because it's like they can just read you from just looking at you, and it's incredible. They are incredible, them two. I love them. They know I love them. The thing is, they tell you about yourself, but also letting you look at the wider world, and it's so hard sometimes, because you think, you know, I am the world, and obviously we do walk around thinking that we've got the weight on our shoulders, but actually, sometimes Paul and Anna will just go, look, Look at what they're doing and actually look how far you've come in life. And it's so hard to do that yourself. You need someone else to dictate that to you. Yeah, oh, completely. It's, it is hard and you're always comparing yourself, always. I had this conversation with my mum the other day, actually, because um, I've just moved back home and my brother lives here. Um, he's 20. And sometimes I, I worry whether he compares himself to me or thinks that he's not doing as well as I'm doing because what I do now and what he does. But I said to my mum, if he compared himself to who I was at 20, he's doing better than that person. <laughs> he's doing way better than I was doing when I was 20 years old. So you're always comparing yourself, but the only person you do really need to compare yourself to is what you was doing yesterday, what you were doing last week. That is the only comparison you really do need to make. It's very interesting you bring that up because that is literally the next topic I want to discuss with you because I'm about to turn 30 in a couple of months' time. 
you're coming up to turning 30. So let's look back at your 20s. How would you look back at your 20s now? You know, the fact that you work for a pensions committee, the fact you've done a bit of TV, the fact you're an influencer on Instagram, and then you're heading into your 30s very shortly as well. How do you look back at your 20s first? My 20s taught me some of the hardest lessons I could ever have gone through in my entire life. But everything that you go through, it moulds you to who you are now. And it, it's, it's almost a little bit overwhelming. When I think when I was 20, I was kind of finishing uni, didn't have a single clue what I wanted to do. And then, bam, my dad got ill and everything changed. And my dad's illness was at the start of my 20s. So it shaped who I was as a person. And it did completely change my career path. I wanted to help people. I wanted to before that I just wanted to kind of go into sports journalism and, and write about football and stuff like that and then it just changed overnight so when I look back at my career before Love Island I I'm so proud of what I've what I've what I've kind of accomplished I I started as working as housing repairs for um a local council and then I, I went into doing fire repairs literally two weeks before Grenfell Tower happened and then that whole job completely changed after that and then I just kind of progressed through what I was doing. And hopefully that would have continued had Love Island not happened. But then that happened. And I, I still can't quite believe it t today, to be honest. But what I would kind of give my 30-year-old self uh, advice is just don't ever turn anything down. Because anything you get offered, regardless of whether you're an idiot, whether you wish you'd done it or not, you learn from it. But when you get offered things and you turn it down you'd always be left with that what if. I was very close to not replying to the Love Island message because I thought once I open this can of worms, I'm not sure if I'll be able to close it and if I will enjoy it. That's something that once you start, you're in it, then it's kind of like a hamster wheel. So I was very close to just saying, Do you know what, this isn't for me. And I spoke to my mum and she said, absolutely don't you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad she did because, I mean, it's led to what I'm doing now. And it sounds so cringy, but the world is, is kind of my oyster. It's everyone's oyster. And I can kind of decide in what avenue I go down now. And I wouldn't have had that freedom before. So my 20s were, were life-changing. Do you see it as freedom, though? Because so for those that don't know reality TV, usually you're only allowed to do one reality show 
every six months. And then obviously people know who you are. So the fact you've done Love Island, the fact you've done then so let's go virtual dating, so you've gone from a love show to a love show. Then you went and did the full Monty on Ice, which is a very different audience. And, you know, yes, you were a Love Island star, but really you were a celebrity in that arena. Where do you then go with TV? And then, so therefore, have you actually got that freedom because you're being put up for a lot of TV shows? There aren't a lot of TV shows that actually exist anyway. And so is that freedom really there for you compared to if you were still working in politics and just going on the normal route there? In freedom, the sense of what I mean is if I was working, doing what I was doing, I didn't have the, the financial freedom to be able to kind of see what avenues I wanted to go down. I had bills to pay and trying to save, which just didn't happen. You think you've got this freedom, but realistically freedom when you're working nine to five Monday to Friday is only your weekends who wants to go and try and find out what they want to do when they're the only two days off you have every week so in terms of what I do now it it is hard because you get put in this pigeonhole of you was just doing Love Island but I kind of I really do want to use my my platform for what I was doing before because I loved what I was doing before it just didn't give me the freedom that I needed to be able to explore on a wider scale, which is what I can do now. So I, like I said, I don't turn down anything. I always try my hand at everything that comes my way. And Love Island was amazing. Celebrity Girl Dating was amazing. I don't want to do any more dating shows or love shows because I think I've been there and I've done that. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of to see what comes next. Well, for you, the financial freedom is being able to choose which staircase to have and which washing machine to have and where it's going to all go in the, this brand new house that you've now finally bought. True, and, and if they accept Klarna, because that's the only way I'll be paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about BU in a sec. The, the last thing I want to talk about, obviously, with Love Island, because there's a lot of press about it at the moment. Obviously, it's coming back on June the 6th. You've been in the, in the press a lot about your weight loss for the show and the same with Alex George when he went on the show as well. And so it's very interesting to look at the idea of weight loss in terms of doing it for a TV show. Were you losing that weight because you were looking to have what we know as the Love Island body, you know, the body that we think everyone should have? Or was it more of an insecurity in yourself of just you being in a bikini on TV for eight weeks and you being insecure about that? So is it the TV show or you when we look at weight loss? You know what? It was probably a little bit of both. I mean, I didn't, I didn't lose weight for Love Island. I'd already lost the weight about two years prior. So I was only kind of in a case of maintaining where I was at when Love Island come knocking. Um, but the pressure was definitely amped up and I was definitely way more conscious. So because I was on the winter one, the whole process kind of fell into Christmas and the Christmas season where everyone normally just enjoys themselves. And I couldn't. I remember looking at like a tin of Quality Street thinking I would chew my hand off to have a strawberry cream, but I can't because in a few weeks time, I'm going to be on a, in a bikini. And no one that I know anyway, absolutely loves wearing a bikini and just being able to be watched by millions. Like that's no one's dream. So I was, I was aware that I wouldn't be the only one feeling that way. Um, and you know, looking back now, I, I just, I didn't have anything to worry about. But hindsight's an amazing thing. The pressure was definitely amped up though. I was very aware and that was my, my biggest, I knew people was going to say anything, people say anything regardless of what you look like. I'm pretty sure Kim Kardashian gets trolled and Nicole Scherzinger gets trolled. It's not about what you look like. It's about what other people feel in themselves. I was definitely worried that when I came out, I would see things that would absolutely crush me, which I didn't. No, because you were so strong anyway, no one was going to troll you because you didn't have that reality storyline. You were very much real and who you were. And like I said at the top, it wasn't that you were a moulded reality star. You were still your own person. You just so happened to go on that TV show journey. 
Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people forget that. I think people think that people that go on Love Island are literally just like in freeze containers and that when they get chosen, they're thawed out and just thrown in there without any life experience. And it, I mean, it's just not the case, but it's a, it's a good bat to hit us with that whenever I have an opinion about anything, someone always has to say, what do you know? You were just on Love Island and it's so boring. <laughs> I like, but I think they've changed that with people like yourself and Sharon Gaffer as well, who have worked in politics, and Zara McDermott as well, who've all worked in politics. I feel like they're now seeing it as, yeah, you've gone on the TV show, but I think maybe it's also as an audience have all grown up as well with the show, and therefore we've got a mature mindset now to know it's a TV show. Yeah, you might be able to get fame, or you want to look for love, or just generally have a good summer. You know, I don't think we see it as these are the people who want to be desperate to be famous, like we would have said about everyone who did Big Brother back in the day. Yeah, that, that is true. But do you know what? I think it's just a really easy insult to use. And I just think, do you know what? For people that do say that, and people do say that, it's just, it's just really boring. Like, I, I would like, I'd rather an insult that has been like fought out. <laughs> well, yeah, you would like to think that, that, but they don't have those type of brain cells. But you do have an amazing brain. So let's talk about BU with Shauna. Let's look at the authentic side of you, first of all. So what is about you, as Shauna Phillips, that you love what do you love about yourself I definitely think it's my my strong my strong mindset the fact that I, I know who I am and I am resilient and I mean I know what I've been through and I know how I've come out the other side so it's definitely that I, I do walk around knowing that do you know what there's not much in the world that can can knock me down that you get a confidence from that and how do you practice that? What's those self-love techniques that you use to practice that in your everyday life? God, that's a good question because I'm having mad anxiety right now for like the past week. And I think it's just a case of knowing that even your bad days have 24 hours. And when I am having these kind of anxious episodes, I just let myself have them rather than thinking, oh my God, why am I having this? What's happening? I, I can kind of put it into perspective and think do you know what this is how you feel right now it's gonna pass just keep going and having that kind of ability to be able just to keep pushing through regardless of what is going on in the inside I think that's that's where I get my, my self-care from I feel like I have a literally a concrete slab laying on my chest and I have absolutely no idea why I have to keep taking deep breaths otherwise I feel like I'm I can't breathe but I've had anxiety since I was about 15 so I mean this isn't something new to me when you're having it it's horrible it took me about two hours this morning to brush my teeth because I just could not like get the energy just to do it I've seen with anxiety if you just kind of name like five things that you can see five things that you can feel and stuff like that it kind of snaps you back down and I think as well especially with like lockdowns and all stuff like that we have all kind of reset how we work so now if I'm given one simple task in my diary, I stress out about it because I'm like, how on earth am I going to complete this? But you overthink it so much because we just, we've got into a routine now where we're just used to not having anything to do. And I think a lot of people are feeling like that. So you're, you're not like, we're not on our own and it's easier to think you are than to actually speak out about it and realise all of your friendship group are feeling the same. See, I kind of disagree with you on that because I look at my diet and I'll go, I've only got one thing. And I think I'm putting pressure on myself now because two weeks ago, two years ago, I would have had a hundred things. And I'm putting my pressure on myself to go, 
oh my God, I've got this one thing only. I need to give it my all. Whereas I gave my all to a hundred things and I was more successful at doing a hundred things than just one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it's just the way you kind of, your brain can articulate it. I'm exactly the same. I stress out over that one thing. But I know that pre-Love Island, I was leaving the house at six in the morning and coming home at six in the evening. And then getting home, having dinner, going to gym, coming back, going to, uh, going to sleep and doing it all again. Whereas now, I don't know how I used to do that, but it can be done. It's, obviously, we've all, we all done it. <laughs> I don't know why I, I worry about it. <laughs> well, also, because you've just been in, was it Jamaica you went to recently on holiday? Yeah. So it's very hard as well when you come back from a holiday and you come back to reality and then you've almost got nothing to look forward to. And you're like, well, I need the next holiday, but also... I need to be productive now because I've now given myself that time to relax. So surely I should have reset everything. And so I presume that, I don't want to guess, but I presume that's where a bit of your anxiety has just come from as well. Yeah, well, not just that as well. I had to move out of my flat that I was living in a week after I landed. So I had already kind of started sorting things out before I went. But when I was on holiday, I did not want to come home. So I knew what I was coming home to, which was I had to hit the ground running and move out of a two-bedroom flat into basically one room in my mum's house. And now I'm here, it's just so, I can't remember how I used to live here before. I don't know how I used to do that because you're so used to having your own space. And what's weird as well, like when I'm, I'm in the living room in the morning, I see people leaving for work that I used to leave the house at the same time. I used to think, oh my God, that person's walking to the train station. That means I've got to leave in five minutes. And I see these people now and I'm like, whoa, like you've, I feel like I've kind of come into some kind of ulterior universe because my life's so different now it's it is really really weird and I just think I'm a little bit out of sorts at the minute oh it takes on I had an operation last week and so I stayed at my parents the day after the operation just so that I had somewhere to stay so I wasn't allowed to drive blah 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 and I came with like a suitcase and then I came with like a box of cocoa pops and a bottle of soy milk so I thought they're not gonna have any food what am I gonna do and you it, you're right it's very hard to train yourself and then you're like what's my purpose in this room now because like you said you've got a younger brother I've got a younger sister who still lives at my parents home and I'm like am I the younger am I the brother again or am I an independent person and do I put the dishwasher on who does the dishwasher like who's in charge of everything now so how long are you at your mum for so I don't actually know because the house has to go through which should be sometime in June but then I'm going to be renovating it and my mum lives really close to the house that I've bought so I don't need to live in the house while building works are going on because I'm I'm going to be so close anyway. But I think that's another thing, not knowing what's coming on. And also getting a house is so adulty. Like I have like three or four serious emails a day that I need to reply to. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I feel like I'm a child living in an adult's body. So it's having this kind of responsibility now when I'm like, this is not meant for me. But it is. I mean what's happening is happening but it just feels like one big mistake <laughs> oh yeah but how exciting is it and scary when you get the email from like the solicitors each week and they're using these big words and then they're like you need to sign this this and this and you're like you know when you get you sign up to an app and you click yeah i've read all the terms and conditions and you're like all this jargon and they use like even when they put the date they put it really weird they'll put it like the 23rd day of the month or blah blah yeah. blah yeah and then they start calling you miss phillips and you're like sorry who's miss phillips do you mean my mum no mom. no it's me <laughs> No, I was reading some of the letters from my um, solicitors and it said something about um, if we believe that there's any money laundering involved, we need to tell the police and whatever. And I was like, mum, 
mum, it says about money laundering. She's like, well, have you been money laundering? I'm like, no. She's like, so what, what the hell are you worried about? And I was like, I don't know. But like, what if I had by mistake? You just worry about all of these things that have no bearing on your life. But I've never had this sense of responsibility before. I've never, and not only have I never had it, I never thought that it was going to happen to me either. So it's just, I, I, do you know how I'd describe it? I'd describe it as the Hannah Montana effect. And I feel like I'm living someone else's life. And at some point I need to go home and I can, I can live my own life again. But that doesn't happen because this is actually my life now. <laughs> yeah, but hold on. Did you not go, you know, if you're affected by money laundering, did you not then start researching going, yeah, I ticked that box. Oh yeah, I've probably done that tick. And like actually trying to question yourself and actually make you think you have been a common money launderer because they've, they've, they've put it out there. Yeah, so my mum said, do you know, at first, when I sent them my bank statements, I was like, they're going to see how many times I've used Liveroo, and I'm so embarrassed, like, that's not okay. And then I was thinking, oh, but then I, I sent £10 to my friend. Was I, was I supposed to tax that? I don't know. Do you need to tax everything? I just, these are things that I think they actually need to teach in school, because I'm now a 28-year-old Googling, what is a dividend? <laughs> Oh, uh, 100%. And it's that weird thing of like, when you do your tax return at the end of the year and you have no idea what everything is. And then you're right, you feel guilty. You're like, well, I just gave them a present or I just fancy paying for them for that dinner. So what does that count as? What is a gift? Yeah. Sorry, everyone. It is so confusing, honestly. we I feel like I need a guardian still. Oh, 100%. I would, yeah, but you've got a manager, you've got a PR, you don't need a... You've got someone doing it all for you anyway. <laughs> true, that is true. <laughs> Just say to your manager, Jim, Jim, can you just sort my bank statement out, please? You know what all the money is. You know, you, you do that and I'll just, you know, take a picture. Um, but look, where my money is going is all on the Be You with Shauna app. So for those who haven't put their money in there yet, what can you get from it? So Be You with Shauna is literally all about not what you're going to lose because we don't say you're going to lose this amount of weight, you're going to lose this amount of inches. It's all about what you're going to gain, which is just confidence in yourself. You're going to realise that there is actually nothing wrong with you. It's more about what's wrong with society and just enjoying exercising. I fell into this trap of thinking that when I exercise, it's because I need to punish myself. And that is just so unhealthy. So I wanted people to realise that when you're exercising, I want it to be looked at as a treat for yourself. This is something they, where you spend some time on your own and you can actually work on yourself, you can enjoy yourself, rather than it feeling like a punishment. And there's just all of these other things as well that I just feel like other apps don't necessarily have, which is like we have Mythbusters, which you read things like if you eat after eight, you put on weight. I used to live by that religiously. It's a complete lie. And just knowing that that isn't actually the case gives you that kind of sense of relief that, oh, no, it's okay. I can actually eat a chocolate finger after eight if I want to without feeling guilty for the rest of the week. And also we have this other section where it gives you like options to have when you're going out for dinner with the girls rather than thinking, oh, this is a cheat meal or, oh, I need to have just some green beans and potentially some chicken because I'm on this plan. It doesn't work like that. It teaches you how to eat still well and also enjoy yourself while you're on a night out. Uh, lower calorie cocktails if you still want to enjoy yourself. Just all things that basically give you permission to be you. Oh, amazing. Shauna Phillips, her app 
be you with Shauna is out to buy it on the App Store now. Please do go and check it out. And if you love Love Island and you love her series in particular, Fintap, Shadows, Eva from her series, so many Love Islanders from previous series as well are all on the podcast, Security Insecure. And if you enjoy Love Island and you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to give it a five-star rating and leave a review. It's really important that you help me say it's okay to not be okay. You've been listening to Security Insecure with me, Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Thank you.